athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Once again, thank you for joining me on another edition of Box to Row. You know, we, we just say a prayer for our family. We're having some, uh, uh, we have a, a relative that, um, is definitely in need of prayer. I'll just kind of put it uh, like that and wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to do uh, a show this week. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I listen, got to do this. We, we got to do this. Try not to miss any weeks here on the program. Of course, in the summertime, sometime we're going to miss some weeks uh, with vacation and so forth. But try not to miss any weeks, particularly during the course of a football season, uh, the athletic seasons, etc. So uh, again, just glad uh, and thankful uh, to be with you today here on the program. Look, got a whole lot to get to today. Um, week four in college football, right? Uh, the National Football League, we're already upon week three in the NFL. So we've got a lot uh, of things to get to with respect to both college football uh, specifically HBCU and also the National Football League today here on Box to Row. Also going to be joined today by Teddy Keaton. Teddy Keaton is the head football coach at Allen in his sixth season. Now, Allen, 3-0 and on the season, ranked number nine in the HBCU Division II coaches poll. And listen, you know, Teddy Keaton, known in many years when he was over, at uh, Stillman, when Stillman was in the SIC, uh, beginning at about around 2011, when he was the head coach there for, uh, you know, four or five years, did some great things there. And now in his sixth season at Allen, had some challenges, right? Like some challenges, uh, the pandemic, but uh, he's got Allen in good position. And again, Teddy Keaton, the head football coach at Allen, going to join us today here on the program. So this week, when you're talking about HBCU football and you're talking about the respective games and um, the game of the week, I mean, you know, I look at some of these games and we're still early in the season. It's kind of hard to make a determination as to who is where, who's going to do what. Uh, the MEAC, we, we won't know anything about the MEAC for several weeks now until MEAC play. Still a lot of questions to really be answered in terms of a game of the an HBCU game of the week. I mean, I could look at the Albany State and Savannah State game as potentially an HBCU game of the week. We'll see. And really this, you know, even last year would have been 
an Eastern Division matchup. So it would have been a situation where either one uh, of these teams with the victory would have had the leg up in terms of the Eastern Division. And really, I mean, that doesn't even count Benedict, who is, you know, the defending champs of the SIAC. uh, And uh, then you have a Fort Valley State team that's going to have something to say. But now that there are no divisions you know, it makes for I think it, I, you know, I, I think it's good because now any team has an opportunity. Of course, you're going to have the, the the math at the end of the season. If you have a tie, then you have certain tiebreakers to determine who will play in the SIAC championship. But there are uh, some determinations. And I, I like I like what the SIAC is doing, not having divisional matchups or divisions uh, in the SIAC Per se, I could look at Virginia Union and Fayetteville State, Virginia Union out of the CIAA North, Fayetteville State out of the South. This could be this could be the sort of the precursor to the CIAA championship game. Very well could be, but we still got a lot of football left left to really play, Uh, you know, even in the South, where I think. Right now, if I'm looking at things in the South, and I like what Johnson C. Smith is doing. I really like what where Johnson C. Smith is. Um, I think Johnson C. Smith's got going to have uh, a say in terms of what happens in the CIAA's Southern Division. But uh, Virginia Union in a good spot, undefeated, ranked number two in the HBCU Division II coaches poll, ranked number four in the HBCU media poll undefeated on the season, but, but, but this is a good matchup because again, a a possible precursor possibly because I look at a team like a Virginia state. I mean, Virginia state is also undefeated on the season ranked in both the HBCU division two coaches poll, as well as the media poll. Bowie state only has one loss. The one loss that Bowie state has is a, a non a CIAA game. So Bowie State's still going to have something to say about this, but it's possible that this is a precursor. The Virginia Union and Fayetteville State game could be a precursor to the CIAA championship game. But I think if we're looking at the schedule, I mean, you could look at Grambling State and Southern um, because it's a, it's a SWAC Western division matchup. You could look at that game as possibly being uh, a game to look at, but the really the game that I think is the one you really want to watch is Old Corn State and Prairie View A and M. Prairie View A and M is already one up uh, in the SWAC's Western Division by virtue of beating Texas Southern in overtime to start the season. I look at a Old Corn State team that is coming off a really big win. Like that's a really good win. No, again, Old Corn State has had a tough going early on. This is going to be a really, really good matchup between Alcorn State and Prairie View A&M. It's a SWAC Western Division matchup. And, you know, I, 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 it's at home, meaning for Alcorn State. So it's another game on the reservation there in Lorman, Mississippi. So this is a big football game. I'm going to be interested to really see in this football game how Prairie View A&M is able to handle Jarvie and Howard. Now, you know, if I look at if I look at Prairie View A and M and and um, and what the Panthers have done so far this season. I mean, you talk about the victory over Texas Southern, uh, but but then losing to Abilene Christian, kind of getting blown out, and then the loss 
last week to to SMU. Now you're stepping up when you're playing in SMU, but I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm interested to see how Valley, I mean, excuse me, how uh, Prairie View A&M, not Valley, but how Prairie View A&M is able to bounce back this week after a big loss to SMU getting shut out and giving up 69 points. It's kind of hard to kind of really determine, you know, where Prairie View A&M is right now, but I know Trazon Connolly, the quarterback, you know, he's, he's solid. He's a solid quarterback. And so now we get into conference play because now Alcorn State how are you going to stop um, uh, Connolly? But I, I like Alcorn State's defense. Like Alcorn State limited McNeese State to only three points. And even in the two losses by the Braves, like they weren't getting blown out. Like the Braves were right there. And the defense has been key. And I like the Braves defense. I think if I had to look at this game and as the HBCU National Game of the Week, um, I like Alcorn State's defense, I, I, I like what I believe it can do against the Prairie View A&M offense. And uh, as the HBCU National Game of the Week, I'm definitely going. I definitely am going with Alcorn State to win that football game. So you've got a couple of matchups. Now, again, we're early in the season, a couple of matchups um, in HBCU football. Sticking with college football. And I know... You know, when you talk about college football right now, the topic of conversation in college football as a whole, doesn't matter, you know, how good Georgia is uh, as the defending champs, you know, Alabama a and we always talk about Alabama a and all the time, uh, Notre Dame uh, and what Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame is really, really good. But the talk of college football right now is, uh, well, Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes and Um, Colorado has got a major, a major, I mean, uh, you know, this is an uphill climb. I really think for Colorado. Now it's not to say Colorado can't beat Oregon because Oregon is ranked 10. Oregon is, you know, uh, got a really, really good program and, you know, getting wins against Nebraska. That's good. And, you know, a very good win against TCU and winning that rivalry game, even though Colorado was favored, uh, by I think at least 17 points over Colorado State. Again, you throw all of those things out of the window because it's a rivalry game. And and listen, I stayed up to watch that game. I watched the I watched pretty much the whole game. I think it was two in the morning Eastern time. By the time that that game ended or or thereabout, and it was worth watching. It you know Colorado State had that game wrapped up and could not in fact wrap it up. Um, I, I think the, you know, you talk about the head coach for Colorado State really got vilified for what he said. He, you know, he famously said, I, and we talked about this last week, when I go in, when I talk with someone, I'm indoors, I take off my sunglasses and my hat, a shot at Deion Sanders. But I understand why he did that because, listen, it motivated his, it, it was a motivation for his his kids too. And I believe when the two coaches met after the game, uh, he whispered something to Coach Sanders, and I believe he he probably did. I mean, that, I think that's just motivation, and that Colorado State team should have won that football game. So now, you know, no Travis Hunter, cheap shot, no doubt about it, cheap shot against Travis Hunter um, on that on that sideline hit by Colorado State. It was a cheap shot, so you you know you're down Travis Hunter, who can go both ways, wide receiver and, and corner. So that I think that's uh, helps 
in this uphill climb, but it's much watch. It's must watch football. I mean, even I, I'm watching. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching, and it's an off week for me. I, like I'm off this week, so I'll be watching. You know, Ante doesn't have a football game. Ante's got an off week, so I'll be watching uh, that football game, uh, Colorado and Oregon. Now, if Colorado wins that football game, you know that you, we're, we've got to really talk about. Not only all of the fanfare surrounding Colorado with Deion Sanders and all of that, and there's a lot that goes on with that, and I've talked a lot about um, that, you know, what it maybe means or not means for black head coaches, you know, m- sort of moving forward. We can revisit that at some other time, and you, or you can listen to some of the things that I said about that a couple of weeks ago at BoxToRow.com on our podcast. Um, either way you look at it, a win by Colorado over Oregon, we're, we're talking about something uh, very, very uh, different and special that uh, will ha- is happening at, uh, at Colorado from a competitive standpoint. Now you've played a big-time opponent. Come away with the victory there. I mean, that's, that's going to be pretty, pretty major. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us on another, another edition of the program. I am your host, Donald Ware, you can hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one Still to come here on BoxToRow, some National Football League talk here on the program. But up next, we're going to be joined by Allen University head football coach, Teddy Keaton. Keep it locked. The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. Box to Road. Box to Road.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. Box to Road.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? Box to Road.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All American teams and weekly media coaches' polls. From the Press Box to Press Row and Box to Row.com. Your HBCU sports leader. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. 
The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-958-0341. 800-958-0341. That's 800-958-0341. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Marquise Bell, former HBCU All-American out of Florida A&M with the Dallas Cowboys. Waiting my turn, you know, God brings everything in everybody's life when they're ready for it. I was just praying, just staying focused, staying locked in, rooting on the guys that were in front of me because it's a great group of guys in front of me, so... I don't care anybody coming to this room like you can't hey you got three potential pro bowlers like it is what it is you're a rookie so you know you gotta just you gotta learn so I did that's what I did last year I learned from all three of those guys and shoot they made me a better player from the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country Joey Dotto each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures that's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station Listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box to Box to Box to Speaking of, follow the leader. Teddy Keaton, Teddy Keaton, the head football coach. And Alan going to join us actually in the next segment. He's going to join us in the next segment here on Box to Row. Welcome back to the program, and thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day. Let's shift and talk some National Football League because you've got a lot going on in the National Football League. When the NFL last, well, when the NFL decided that it was going to have two Monday night games, I'm like, I don't know about that. I mean, you're you're making uh, fans, I guess, of the NFL or ones that want to watch games switch between ESPN and ABC with the bigger game potentially. And uh, you know, if you if you look last week. Uh, at the games, the potential bigger game is going to be on ABC again. As I always say, it's network television; it's not cable. So you're going to have much, many more viewers watching. And at first, I was like, "Man, that's not good." But it uh, it does make sense from this perspective. When you look at it, um, you're good. The NFL is is as high, is as popular as it's ever been. So you're going to have great ratings. On both, it's just a matter of who's going to pick what. And if you're like me, you're going to switch between both games, and you also have an opportunity for an hour in advance. So, in other words, you have the ESPN game is at seven fifteen, the ABC game is at eight fifteen. So you've got an hour you can switch in between. It seems like like with the NFL package, if like of course I'm watching the Commanders, it seems like every time there's a commercial on the Commanders, my first choice is to watch the Panthers because the Panthers are the local team here in North Carolina. I want to keep up with the local team, and then I'll kind of go from there based upon the matchup. And it seemed like every time the commanders were in a commercial, everybody else 
was in a commercial too. But it didn't seem like that with the ABC and ESPN deal. So I, I think it's I'm I'm not as down on it as I once was. That said, um, that that Panthers game was uh, really both games weren't great. I mean, I, I I enjoyed the Steelers game, the Steelers and the Browns game more because action was early on. But that Saints and Panthers game was a disaster and it didn't even look good. Like it looked like it was really dark at the stadium, at the Bank of America Stadium there in Charlotte for whatever reason. It was just a bad football game. Um, You know, Bryce Young is not to this point playing well. And now he's he's, probably in, in all likelihood will not play on Sunday. And generally speaking, with young quarterbacks coming out of camps, coming out of preseason, if those quarterbacks are doing well and showing progress, generally they're going to start out fairly well. Uh, and that has not been the case for Bryce Young. Now, it's early. We, we need to give him an opportunity. doesn't have a very good foot. That's the other thing. Like It's not like he's got a bunch of weapons around him. It's not a very good football team. To start with, so it's not like he's going to be able to come in, be the savior. Yeah, I get it. Frank Wright, you know, was a quarterback. He's a he's a quarterback guru, kind of, uh, if you will. But he, Bryce Young, is definitely going to need some more time. And now he's out. Uh, he's he's presumably out for Sunday's game. You know that Browns and uh, Steelers game, and it was good to see the Steelers bounce back after the loss to the 49ers the previous week. Now, you look at the 49ers, they're really, really good. Beat the Giants on Thursday, beat them pretty good. I mean, I really like the way Brock Purdy is playing that defense. Javon Hargrave, the former uh, two-time Willie Davis Defensive Player of the Year, HBCU All-American out of South Carolina State. Um, I mean, that, you know, what what a fantastic, fantastic addition for the 49ers uh, to go along with Bosa and that really, really good uh, offense. That that may be, you know, just just that may be the best team uh, in the National Football League, although I like the Cowboys, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Cowboys because they have some serious injury concerns. That said, that Browns game and the injury, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, you know, I I saw it live when it happened. I didn't think much of it. Um, even on the the initial replay, um, because they after that they stopped showing it because it was so gruesome. And I, I I'm glad that uh, ESPN or, or I guess as ABC as it were decided not to uh, continue to show the gruesomeness of the injury. So I've not seen it. I'm not going to go on you know social media or the internet to to watch it either. I'm good. Like you, yeah. All I had to hear was the gasp when it was showed in the stadium, okay? That's all I needed to hear about how grew. I just, it, I've heard enough, okay? Um, but that, you know, that is devastating now to the Browns because Deshaun Watson did not look good in this football game. And, okay, he was off for a year. He was suspended due to all of the sexual uh, the sexual allegations, mis- sexual misconduct allegations uh, before him last year. Suspended for the first 11 games. Of course, the Browns 
signed him to the guaranteed contract in excess of $230 million. And he played the last six games of last season. And the only game that he looked good in was the game against, naturally, the Commanders. He had three touchdowns in that game. And like everybody was saying, okay, we'll – you know, he was such a great quarterback before uh, before he, he was out. Uh, he'll be able to bounce back. Uh, as a matter of fact, coming into last season, when all of these quarterback rankings came out in terms of who are the top quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson was a, in a lot of these conversations, even though he hadn't played um, and wasn't going to play for the first 11 games. And now we're, you know, two games through, and he doesn't look good. Like throwing the football uh, and even running the football, like he he looks to some degree to me. And that was one of the things he was definitely a thrower of the football, but he had the ability to also run with the football and run with the football well. And he doesn't even look good running with the football. You know, he's you know, to me, it looks like he's laboring to some degree. And so there are some serious concerns there in Cleveland because at least you could say, okay, well, you know, and I know they brought Kareem Hunt in and, and uh, he's not Nick Chubb, you know, particularly at this point, he's not Nick Chubb. And so that's a huge loss because Nick Chubb was top two running back in the National Football League, okay? Um, so now if you're the Browns, you know, your defense is is pretty good, but – your quarterback, regardless of Nick Chubb, because that's the thing. Like, if maybe if Deshaun Watts is not playing well and you have Nick Chubb, you can run the football. I mean, Nick Chubb was w- running the football at will and doing what he wanted to do. That offensive line was manhandling the Steelers before he went down. So now he's out. You're bringing, you, you know, Deshaun Watson's not playing. He just doesn't look good, okay? He's not. It's even more that than he's not playing with. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. And so I know if you're a Cleveland fan, that's got to be of some concern. I mean, in Dallas, you've got to be concerned. Tavon Diggs tears his ACL in practice. He's now out for the season. Now, for me, I look at the Cowboys. It's still an elite defense. You lose something. There's no doubt. You lose something by not having... Tavon Diggs as one of your corners. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like you're not losing something, but I think that it's still an elite enough defense that it, while you're missing that particular piece and it it is a big piece, um, I think the Cowboys are still going to be very good uh, elite level defense. Still the secondary as a whole is deep. Um, of course, the Cowboys do play the Cardinals on on uh, on Sunday. It's not you know it's not like it's a you know it's a it's a it's a big uh, you know it, it, I mean the Cardinals play hard, but uh, it, you know that should be a winnable game. I guess that's my point. That should be a winnable game for the Cowboys. And how about the Giants? Like the Giants are off to this not so great start. I mean, first of all, they're playing what three games in 11 days. That's first of all, uh, lose the game on, uh, on Thursday to the, the 49ers. 
uh, get blown out by the Cowboys the opening game. Uh, then the following week have to come back all the way back against the Cardinals to even win that football game. And so, um, you know, I look at uh, the Giants and then Barkley was out. I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. Uh, but uh, Daniel Jones, uh, to this point, I mean, it gave him a lot of money. Uh, we'll see. I, th- I thought the Giants would be more of an elite level, not elite team, excuse me, but more of a, a better team, certainly this year. But we'll certainly see how things play out moving forward. As we approach week three in the National Football League, how is your team doing to this point? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on my personal Twitter account, at dware one at D where one, I'll tell you the commanders, not bad. As a matter of fact, I'll be at the game on Sunday. Looking forward to it as the commanders host the bills in, uh, in, in Maryland, in Washington. So looking forward to that game as promised, Teddy Keaton, the head football coach of the Allen university yellow jackets out of the SIAC three and O on the season ranked number two, In the Division II HBCU coaches poll, we've been teasing him, and he's finally with us, and he's going to join us next. Keep it locked to Box to Row. This is your weekly edition of the HBCU Blitz powered by Box to Row. I'm Donald Ware. First, let me take you to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for the matchup between Southern and Alabama A&M host Southern winless on the season looking for its first victory in the first quarter first drive of the game for southern the jaguars able to get on the board blood back to pass looking he's got a pass with the running back and quarrels will take it into the end zone for the touchdown from 17 yards out and quarrels gets a first touchdown in his career at southern and the jaguars had the seven to nothing lead let's move to the third quarter with the Jaguars leading 14 to 3. Once again, the Jaguars on the move. Quarles gets the ball. 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Quarles his second touchdown of the ball game. Last time it was a pass. This time was a run. He jumped out of his sock. That was Chris Chillette on the Jaguars Sports Radio Network. And the Jaguars get their first victory of the season. 20 to 10 over Alabama A&M. Now, let me take you to East Rutherford, New Jersey for the classic matchup between Albany State and Morehouse. Let's pick things up with about six minutes remaining in the second quarter. Albany State already with the 8 to nothing lead and driving. Love it. Goes in motion here for Albany State. Throw it to Rashad. Jordan Dorton makes the catch. 50. He's gone. 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. They will not catch in five. Touchdown, Rashad Jordan. And what a nice run there after the catch. One little nifty move. And that is going to be 58 yards to the house. And Albany State led 14 to nothing. We're now going to move to the fourth quarter with about nine and a half minutes remaining. Morehouse trailing 17 
to seven and the Maroon Tigers on the move. Back to pass West. Throw over the middle and it's caught. Touchdown. Seven-yard pass play. Marquise Pride with the catch and the TD. Seven-yard pass and catch. And the Maroon Tigers pulled to within 17 to 14. Albany State with about five minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, looking to put the game away. First down to 13. Knowles looks downfield, going to throw it, and it's caught. Rashad Jordan, touchdown. That was my main man, Freddie Fresh Suttles, on the Albany State Sports Radio Network. Albany State getting its first victory of the season, defeating Morehouse. 24 to 14. Now to Lorman, Mississippi, where Alcorn State was looking for its first victory of the season. And Allen here's driving on Howard, dancing. Howard gets the edge, and Edward dives in, and it's a touchdown. Jarvion Howard from eight yards out, completing an 85-yard drive. And the Braves strike first. How impressive is that, J. Miles? Very impressive. Indeed, my man, Charles Edmond, on WPRL. Two rushing touchdowns for Jarvian Howard as the Braves defeated McNeese State 17-3. Now, to Fort Valley, Georgia, for the SIAC matchup between Fort Valley State and Edward Waters. Let's move all the way to the fourth quarter with about 90 seconds remaining. Edward Waters trailing. 27 to 24 with possession. Hughes, he'll take the snap, make the handoff, looks, throws, got a man open, caught, five, into the end zone, touchdown, Edward Waters, Ravion Moore. From 15 yards out and with 137 remaining in the ball game, it looked like Edward Waters had things wrapped up, but Fort Valley State had one more opportunity. Durham in the gun, Marshall the backside, car to the left, takes the snap, makes the handoff, throwing, looking, throwing, it is caught, touchdown. Fraylon Warren into the end zone. That was my man, Joshua Jackson, on the Edward Waters Sports Network with 107 remaining. Fort Valley State able to get the touchdown, escape with the 34 to 31 victory over the Tigers. Box to Row, the radio show, airs weekly on radio stations across the country as well as on Sirius XM. For more information and to find a radio station that carries the program, log on to BoxToRow.com. The Allen University Yellow Jackets 3-0 on this young season and ranked number nine in the HBCU Division II coaches poll in his sixth season as the head football coach at Allen is Teddy Keaton. The Yellow Jackets are on the road on Saturday, taking things to Ohio to face Central State as Coach Keaton once again joins us here on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Keaton? Welcome back to the program. Thank you, my brother. Absolutely. Good to have you back. I know we we go back to your days at Stillman um, when you had that Stillman program rolling uh, when it was in the SIAC. So it's good to see that you have this uh, Yellow Jackets program rolling at 3-0. and uh, Again, about a third of the way through the season, a little less than a third of the way through the season, uh, your thoughts on how your team is performing to this point? Um, I think each kid has um, done what he needed to do as an individual to add value to the team. Um, I know a lot of people like to give credit to our quarterback, 
and his play, and he's playing, you know, very well. As he go, we go. Um, but there's a lot of other people that can that are contributing factors to this thing. You know, we could talk about our old line and how well they're playing. Our defense is playing lights out football. They're doing a really good job as well. So I think we've tried to get away from the individual things and trying to get our kids to understand the goals that we want to, you know, accomplish as a team. Um, we, we, we also talk about the goals they want to accomplish as individuals, but we try to focus in on the team thing more than anything else we got going on here. I think that, uh, I mean, it, it, you, you talk about a team effort. Uh, let, let's talk about Kentucky State, right? Because, I mean, th- you that's a team effort. You're down, I believe it was, was it four touchdowns or something like that? Like late three points. Right. Three points. There you go. So 23 points, you need basically um, three t- uh, three touchdowns and two ex- uh, two two-point conversions in the fourth quarter. And you're able to pull that off. Talk about, th- th- to your point, the team effort to make that happen, come back, the largest comeback in the history of the Allen program. Well, I think it, it shows a lot of poise and maturity from the kids all the way up to the coaching staff. I, I think that regardless of what the situation was in the game, we were always still playing in it. Here's an interesting fact about that game. The defense only gave up seven points. Those other 18 came off of special team woes. Um, we had decided that week that we were going like, to try to get some of our younger guys some play on the special teams. And some of those guys let us down in some areas that we didn't, you know, wanted to go that way, but it ended up that way. But, in the fourth quarter, our kids just kind of like towards the end of the third quarter, our guys that said the defense had played too good to lose this ball game and offensively just stepped up. And we just, I think everybody was making the right plays. Everybody was locked in to make the right blocks. Everybody was doing what they needed to do. Um, nobody really panicked. You know, they scored a touchdown. They was like they were used to doing it. They got on defense. They stopped them. We get the ball back. They drive it down, score a touchdown. We went for two. One time we shouldn't have went for two, but we did it anyway. Um, because we had already locked in that we were going to go for two twice. Um, and then they took the ball back, and we got it with like two minutes left in the ball game, and they drove it down and scored again to, to do the winning touchdown. And then defense held them for the win. And I mean, I mean, that's probably – I've been a part of a lot of great things in my life. Um, a lot of them has came here at Allen University. I can think about the comeback win against Livingstone a few years back, the comeback win against Johnson C. Smith a few years back. Um, and last year I was on a lot of sides of what the last play being the deciding factor of whether we won or not. So I've been a part of a lot of a exciting football here. And so have some of the kids that's, that's along in this program right now. So I think they've just learned to adapt and play under circumstances, regardless of what the circumstance is, we're going to let the game play. And this time we came out on the winning edge of that. I mean, again, 30 to seven, you're down in the fourth quarter, you score four straight touchdowns like I I mean that is that is almost unheard of what was said I mean what ignited I mean I I know you said that it was a made a determination was made that hey we can't let the defense down but then speak not only that I mean that's one part of it but then being able to go out and execute to score uh, those we're talking about what 27 unanswered points in that last play 38 seconds remaining David Wright to Montreal White on the four-yard touchdown pass. I think that, is, like I said, it plays a role into what we do every day. You know, we're a high-tempo offense, so we're able to score pretty much at will when we want to. 
But a lot of times we try not we take the air out of the ball or we might do something different, put it on the ground a few more times, try to hit check downs. But with David Wright delivering the ball and the four receivers I got, I mean, I miss six of those guys that could play on anybody's team and, 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 and be a contributing factor um, to somebody's program. But I'm glad they're on my side. Uh, those guys are just leaders. They go against each other every day. They they compete with each other. I just think they were they were locked in at that moment, and the quarterback got locked in and for a moment that he was doing some uncharacteristic things, and he bounced himself back into doing what he was supposed to do, and the, the rest is history. I can't explain it. It's kind of like a meteorite hitting the, hitting the earth, and you just don't know where it comes from. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Uh, of course, Teddy Keaton is the head football coach at Allen. He joins us here on Box to Row. The Yellow Jackets are 3-0 on the season. Uh, Going to be on the road on Saturday at Central State. David Wright, and I get, I, I heard you. I heard exactly what you said. It's not about one player. It's about the team. But this guy's special. I mean, you can go back to last year and some of the things that he did. Of course, he was the HBCU named HBCU National Player of the Week. Five touchdowns. Um, 411 yards in the victory over Kentucky State. What kind of quarterback do you have in David Wright? Um, if I had to put it in a sum, he's a gunslinger. He is uh, very smart. Um, uh, he, he he works hard at it, and uh, he does it like it's no effort to him. The throws he makes, the, the way he navigates and, and gets the receivers to play the way he wants them to play, um, it's like they're all in sync with each other, and they kind of know when to break a route off. They know when to, you know, not to get into coverage too much. Um, and 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 then the off season, I think, when he hurt his knee, he had an opportunity to be able to be a part of the coaching staff. He was up in the booth most of the season, being able to relay relay information back down to me and our offensive coordinator and being able to go back and forth because I still play a role in offense, but not a significant role as I used to play. Um, I watched him develop himself. I watched him get to see the game from a bird's eye view. I watched him sit in the meets and start dissecting defenses. I watched him grow as a human being. Um, he's still got a ways to go in the maturity factor sometimes because he's still, you know, 18 to 22 years old, but, his ability to go out and run an offense is almost, you know, he's got knowledge down to a science. And, and sometimes he, he gets a little bit too creative. And next thing you know, he puts himself in a bind. And I think that's kind of what similar happened in Kentucky State. He started doing things that was unorthodox, trying to get certain people the ball instead of just doing what the offense dictated for him to do, which caused some drives to stall. So I, I, I was, um, I'm just proud of him. As he goes, we go. And the team has all bought into him. I mean, and my I got a backup quarterback named Michael Reese. That's he's the he's the real goal of this because he's a tremendous leader. He could start at anybody's team, and he played backup last year. He played in the three games for us, and then he got hurt. Um, he does a lot of they do they do a lot of coaching of each other, peer coaching, and that's something that I love to develop. That when your peers can start speaking to each other and they're listening to each other, I think we've gotten that mantra all the way through our team now. Where at one point in time, another peer couldn't say nothing to another peer without it getting into an argument. Now we got them where 
they can say things to each other and they say, hey, did you see that seven route? Did you see the guy on the curl? The linebacker's kind of bouncing out. We need to get back inside on that. We need to get this play going here because these are the things they're doing. And when you see that, you just sit back and smile like a proud teacher uh, because you're watching your students be able to help each other. And that that's big for a program, and I think it's going to take us a long way. I look at your numbers, and I mean, it, you, we, and you're right. David Wright is absolutely fantastic. I mean, but you're able to really run the football. You're averaging close to 151 yards rushing per game. I know a lot of a lot of uh, people, maybe coaches, talk about running back by committee, but he, you your situation truly is a running back by committee type of deal there at Allen. Well, what I. You know, I get beat on so bad. I'm a throwing coach. Everybody knows that. I'm an air raid guy. But I felt that there was a place for the run game that we needed to get better at. Last year in those games where we got beat by, you know, I think we lost five games by a combined of eight points. Um, I thought there was time we should have took the air out of the ball game. We were up on some people 21 or 30 points, and, and we'll turn around and lose the ball game by two. Um, only because when you throw the ball so much, after a while the defense get caught on to what what you're doing. So now you got to switch it up, and now you're asking receivers to have to make on-site adjustments to certain coverages, and and that's not always easy for a young receiver that's a freshman or a sophomore being able to understand that the middle field is open, middle field closed, the overhang did this. Those things become difficult for the, the kids to make that type of adjustment. So we wanted to, we spent this offseason clinicking really hard on how to run the ball in the spread offense. And I think it's kind of paid off by dividends. I went in, out and recruited, you know, Bo Harrington has been the, 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 the star of that group for a while. And I went out and got a freshman named Alan Riggins and a transfer from Johnson C. Smith and Tyreek Leach. And those guys have added a tremendous amount of value because now I don't have to worry about Bo getting beat up all the time. I can rotate those guys in and keep them fresh and also maintaining them getting lots of reps. That helps the offense kind of balance itself out. If you look at our time of possession this year versus our time of possession last year, I think we're up, we're probably up about five or six minutes that will help us take off the clock to be able to beat teams when we need to do that. Let me do this, Coach Keaton. We're going to step aside and take the break. This is a really good conversation. I got a couple of more things I really want to get to you get to you in terms of talking about this program and the things you have going on. Again, we're joined by Teddy Keaton, the head football coach at Allen, joining us here on Box to Row. We're stepping aside, taking the break, coming back. More with Teddy Keaton on the other side. Business owners, do you need money right now? Have you already filed your ERC forms and been approved? How would you like to get the money in your bank account within 10 days? Couldn't you use that money right now to run your business? That is why you filed for it, right? So call us right now. As long as you've already filed and been approved, we'll advance the money to you. It's that simple. We've already funded millions of dollars in ERC money, and we're here to help you get the money you need right now to run your business. Again, if you've already filed your ERC application and been approved for the money, we can help you get the money in your bank account within 10 days from today. But you've got to make this free call right now. This is not a loan product and the offer is not available in the state of Massachusetts. 800-380-4301. 800-380-4301. 
That's 800-380-4301. Doesn't matter what your sport, he talks your language. It's Delaware. From the press box to press row, it's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. We're back here on Box to Row. We are talking with Teddy Keaton. He's the head football coach at Allen University, Columbia, South Carolina. The Yellow Jackets are 3-0 on the season, ranked number nine in the HBCU Division II coaches poll and going to be on the road on Saturday at Central State. I'll tell you what, Coach Keaton, I mean, if I look at this defense, I mean, you've got some guys that are really, really making um, some plays on the defensive side of the football. Speak to how well you think, maybe overall, I get it, maybe you're giving up a little bit too many pass yards, but the run game, I mean, you're stopping the run, and a lot of your players are really getting to the quarterback. Speak to, or give us, I should say, your thoughts on the way the defense is performing. I thought the defense is playing well. They're playing lights out. It was two areas that we wanted to address going into this offseason, and that was running the ball better and playing better defense. And I think through all those things, we have addressed those issues. Um, I mean, of course, I mean, last week I went to halftime, and it was interesting. The news, the, the reporter said, um, how, speak to how well your defense is playing right now. You've held them to 65 yards of total offense and a half. That blows my mind because – we go against that defense every day, and it's very difficult to throw the ball, run the ball, do whatever it is you want to do to them. And I've watched them in, against three teams basically shut them down. Uh, most of the plays that people get come towards the end of the game where, you know, we kind of probably play and prevent, try not to let a ball get too far behind us, or the kids lock out of, of what they're doing, or we got younger kids in. I think L.C. Cole and, and company has done a tremendous job. He was a tremendous value of adding him to my coaching staff being that he's old enough to be my parent. He's probably forgotten more football than I've learned. Um, so it's always good. I got four guys on this staff that's been head coaches in the SIAC at the division two level um, that add a tremendous amount of value to the organization, to me, to the student athletes, the whole nine. So I'm, I'm very, very happy that the way they're playing and then up front, the D line is just lights out. Sometimes those guys are getting off the ball. They're getting where they got to go. And I think the D line get a lot of credit for some of that, but the secondary is doing a better job of covering. So a lot of those tackles and sacks, I think they got like 14 um, sacks. A lot of those sacks are coming off coverages. Um, a lot of those guys don't have anywhere to go. So the quarterback's back there patting the ball. And, you know, that's the defensive coordinator's dream. They see a quarterback patting the ball. So, he doesn't get it out of his hands. He will light you up. So Coach Cole has done a tremendous job with that group. And seven takeaways, and you, you kind of – I mean, maybe expound on that because that, that was going to be my next question in terms of the coaching staff. I mean, you you know, you mentioned L.C. Greenwood. You've got E.J. Jr. I mean, you've got all of these guys, and, you know, it, it, it helps when you have experience on a coaching staff, and it, it's really showing in terms of the way that your team is playing. There's no doubt about it. I tell people we do this by committee. Um, it takes a, a tremendous amount of humbleness to be able to sit in a room with guys who are legends. You know, EJ Jr. just got inducted into the College Hall of Fame, played for Bear Bryant at the University of Alabama. Coach Cole, we all know the Cole brothers were good football coaches. 
regardless of how people feel about them. Coach Cole is a good man. He does a really good job with my team. I can't speak on anything of other places, but I know what he does for me. Um, he's been a great assistant coach. Um, he knows his role as an assistant head coach. He does his role to the fullest. Never once have he done anything outside of the lines of doing, you know, crazy stuff. I, I think they all work together. There's a lot of egos in a room. So you're talking about guys who, who have to humble themselves and we come up with the best way, the best plan, the best thought process to put our kids in the best position to be able to have a chance to be successful. And that's the biggest compliment you can give your assistant coaches as a head coach. Last couple of thoughts, and we appreciate the time. What You know, you're bringing a program back. Again, this is your sixth season. It's, it's your building believe this is the first official season in the SIAC. And again, you're already off um, to the great start. Can you speak to the support that Allen University, the, the administration, the fans, students, et cetera, is giving uh, to this program? Do you hear me? I couldn't be more blessed to have a president that, you know, some places you have people who are only interested in football, but I have a president and a bishop and, a board of trustees that's invested in football. Um, the first couple of years we struggled to get things because, you know, we were trying to raise money and do it the right way and not just basically live off the loins of the college. We wanted to find ways to find, you know, avenues to be able to get money in. And then we bought a guy named Jasher Cox in. And A.D. Cox has done a tremendous job in terms of keeping us organized and go, going out finding sponsorships to do the things that we need to do. Our president, I needed a practice field and I needed a turf practice field somewhere where we had lines and different things because when you practice on the grass, you got to paint it. And with a short, small staff that I have, you really don't have time to do football and go out and try to take care of your field. So we got us a turf field and I think that was a tremendous thing. And, you know, the one line that everybody remembers me from on the video, and that wasn't supposed to leak out of the organization, but I said, you know, we don't build things for losers. People don't make an investment into what they're doing for losers. They build that to win. Um, you know, in my time, in my career, I've done well in my career in the 23 years I've been coaching, and we expect to win. Um, I, if I don't win, I expect to, somebody else to be able to come along. But my goal was always to leave it better than I found it. And I think that everybody that's involved, the, the fans, the, 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 the band, everybody that's around has added some type of value to this organization. That's why we where we at today. We're trying to be winners here. Last thought, and we appreciate the time. Your thoughts on Central State and maybe some of the challenges that the Marauders present. Well, that's going to be a tough one for us because they can spin the ball just as well as we can. I love that quarterback. He does a really good job. They have a receiver, number 26. I don't know his name right off back, but he's really good. They have a running back that's tremendous. I mean, that kid has done, you know, 120 here. I mean, he's been doing it since last year, and last year he was a, played a tremendous role in beating us last year. So we're going to have our work cut out for us to be able to maintain. Even on the D-line, they got two defensive players that got over 40 tackles. Um, that's almost 80 in three games. I mean, imagine imagine that in a lifetime. I mean, that's almost a season worth of tackles. Um, those guys, they get after the ball. And Ke Kevin Porter is a vet at this. He won the championship down at um, Fort Valley a few years back. I think it was around 15 or so around that time. Um, he won the championship in the SIC. So they are being coached by a guy that has championship pedigree. He understands the system. He understands what he's doing. And he was able to come down here last year and sneak a win out of here. So we're not underestimating his value and what he brings to the team. And I'm sure they're going to play with a tremendous amount of effort. And we got to come out with our 
you know, this is our first road trip. That's we got to figure out how, you know, I've never seen this team on the road, how they respond, how they wake up, how they're going to adjust to a different crowd. It's going to be a big game. There's two tremendous quarterbacks playing in this game. So I'm sure all of the last time, um, my quarterback went to Ohio. I think he threw for like 450 yards on Central State. Bobby Rome was the coach at the time. So you're talking about you're going to get it. If you want exciting football, it's going to be in Central. And we'll before Ohio this weekend. And I think that's um, our goal is to make sure they don't score more points than we do. Yellow Jackets 3-0 on the season, on the road on Saturday at Central State. Coach Keaton, great to catch up with you. Continued success to you and the Yellow Jackets. Thank you, my brother. It was always great to be on your show. Teddy Keaton, the head football coach. It's always great to have him. Hadn't had him in a while, but again, going back to his days at Stillman. Great to have him as a guest on the program. And the Yellow Jackets on the road against Central State. You can react to anything that Teddy Keaton had to say. Hit us up via Twitter at box to row b o x t o r o w. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a big game if for the Yellow Jackets to kind of continue uh, what they're trying to get accomplished. Again, first season, full season as full members of the SIAC, and uh, so you know if they want to, they you know I think it's a game Allen should win. I mean, I, if I look at the you know, sort of looking at the schedule when we had the Thursday night game where Alabama A&M got the uh, victory over Arkansas Pine Bluff 31-24 to at home. But they're not necessarily a lot of really big games in HBCU football this weekend, as I mentioned earlier on in the, sh- in the program. But Tuskegee trying to keep its undefe- undefeated streak alive has lain uh, at home on Saturday. So not a not a... A whole lot of, of games. I mean, I think a sneaky game is Kentucky State and Fort Valley State. Um, you know, Fort Valley State, to me, one of the upper echelon teams. But Kentucky State's not, you know, is a, is a decent football team. So we'll see. I mentioned the Grambling uh, Texas Southern game um, as well. So we'll see, you know, how that game plays out also. But then, I mean, when you look at the landscape of of, of college football and some of the top 25 games, amongst the FBSs, I mean, you've got some, and again, we're only four weeks into the season, so you're not going to have as many big games. I I think the Florida State at Clemson game is a sneaky game for Florida State. I mean, Clemson's not the same Clemson that we've known, but that's a, that's a, that, but again, you got to go to Clemson if you're Florida State and you're trying to maintain that top ranking and, you know, for a, a, a spot in that playoff coming out of the ACC. That's a that's a, a big game. Um, Ohio State, Notre Dame, obviously is a really big game, probably the biggest game. Um, and that game is at Notre Dame. Man, I really like, you know, what Marcus Freeman is doing there at Notre Dame. That that's a big time football game. It's a night game. Um, as a matter of fact, with the off week I have, I, I'm going to be watching some college football. And then, of course, we talked about the Oregon and Colorado game. I mean, where. We'll see where Oregon truly or the or Colorado uh, really, really is. No Travis Hunter, unfortunately, but you know it's a three thirty game, so um, you know I we'll see. I mean, if and if, even if Colorado's uh, competitive, that that 
you know, that will go a long way to what uh, Deion Sanders is doing with that Colorado program. Listen, I got to get out of here. Thank you to Teddy Keaton for joining us today here on the program. We've got great conversations. Uh, hadn't had the daily HBCU daily podcast the last couple of days. I promise you we'll be back Monday with the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. So check us out at BoxToRow.com and on the Box to Row YouTube channel. And always remember to support those that support your Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Awesome. Let's talk about why it's awesome. You said he's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty. He's mighty.